It's about growing as a person. Your best is completely unique to you. Hey everyone, uh, thanks for joining me today on episode seven of Fuck Perfect. I'm here with uh, Jordan Syatt, owner of Syatt Fitness. Do uh, you want to give a, a little brief introduction of who you are, Jordan? Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for having me. Basically, uh, thank I'm, you. Uh, I'm a short, bald guy who really likes health and fitness. <laughs> and, uh, big fan of deadlifting, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, I just I really like to try and create as much content as I can to help people achieve their fitness goals, whatever they may be. Awesome. And I know that uh, you're also a Harry Potter fan, right? Big Harry Potter fan. Big Harry Potter nerd. The quick question. I'm, I'm curious. This has nothing to do with the podcast. Maybe it does. Fuck perfect, right? The idea is, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm curious, how did, when did you start reading Harry Potter? And when did you decide to include that in your uh, kind of your online presence, like just kind of like letting it shine? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a really good question. No one's ever asked that. So, I mean, I started reading Harry Potter as soon as it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't actually read it first. My mom would read it to my brother and I. And how, how old were you? I think I was in first grade. First, I, oh, the wow. only reason I know that is because I remember in second grade, this kid named Will McCartney, who was my neighbor, wore a Harry Potter costume to school on Halloween and he had his own Nimbus 2000 mm-hmm. that I was super jealous of. And I just remember that was in second grade. So I always think like the only way he would be able to do that in second grade is if it came out prior to that. So I think it was first grade. Wow. Wow. So definitely a long time fan. And did you, did your mom read every copy before you read it or did you actually get to like the last, uh, the last series and you were able to read it on your own? No, she actually, it was, it was a tradition because it took so long for all of them to come out. So by the time the last one came out, I think I was in high school. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure, but the, the way that it worked is she started reading them all to us. And, and it was more just like, by that time we just read them as a family and my mom, my brother and I. So by the time the last one came out, like it was the tradition that we would read it together. My brother, remember he would go off and like read more late at night alone, but like, uh, it was a tradition. My mom would read it to us. And then after that, like I read them all multiple times on my own, but the first time hearing it, it was always her. That's interesting. The, the reason I even, I'm, I even asked is like, I was curious what came first, Harry Potter or fitness? Harry Potter did. Harry Potter came first, <laughs> and then uh, fitness came through through wrestling. I started wrestling when I was when I was eight years old, and mm-hmm. uh, so Harry Potter first, then wrestling, and then I didn't start including Harry Potter in my content until I think 2016 or so, uh, and it was very very light. I mean, I remember I started making content in 2011, uh, but I remember even in high school it was not cool to like Harry Potter. Sure. That was not a cool thing to discuss or like. And I remember people would be like, have you read Harry Potter or are you going to see the movie or whatever? And I would always be like, no, like I don't, I don't read that. I don't watch that. But what ended up happening was as I made more content and as I wanted to um, just be more myself and like to not be embarrassed about what I enjoyed, sure. I started to include it and it turned out to be one of the best things I ever did. That's amazing. And, it, and it's like the, I mean, just the idea uh, cause I talk a lot about like the perception and, and judgment on here too. It's like back then, maybe you had this perception to, to the, for, to seek the approval of others and you didn't want to really be who you were. Right. A hundred without, without right. question. That's now, exactly. when you started doing it in 2016, was that 
I don't, I'm not aware of the dates of when you started coaching Gary V or, or, uh, and was that a factor in you pushing Harry Potter out? Was he kind of helping you get to that spot or was that before you started coaching well, Gary? One of the reasons I started posting three times a day, every day on Instagram, or the reason I started posting three times a day every day was because of Gary. Yeah. Um, I think what happened was before Gary, I was posting several times a week and I was doing it mainly from the perspective of I wanted to show other coaches that I knew what I was talking about. I wasn't actually making content that was as helpful for the everyday individual. But when I started posting three times a day every day, it's very hard to make that much content. (laughs) Yes, yes. My content started to naturally shift more towards very helpful for the everyday person. Mm -hmm. And in that shift, my voice started to change more towards my natural everyday voice rather than the voice that I might try and use when I'm at a conference with other professionals. And through that natural shift, I ended up being much more relatable, much better educational content. And with that, just the stuff I would normally talk about day to day came out. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool how that, that even in, and I talk about like transformations uh, a lot more so not, not really body transformations. Like I said, truly, I don't give a shit about body transformations, but sometimes the, the after effect of the body transformation could be like, there's a happiness and confidence and, and things like that. But I like the idea of how even, even that, when you're talking about changing your, how you present yourself online is more who you are. Even that's a transformation that's worth, you know, applauding. Right. Absolutely. I I think being more comfortable being yourself is probably one of the most incredible transformations you can have because I think that's, that's what insecurities are, right? Like insecurities prevent us from being who we actually are. Insecurities yeah. prevent us from being comfortable enough to share who we are, what we believe, what we enjoy, our morals, our ethics, our, what we, what we want to get better at and being able to be more comfortable with who you are and expressing that openly is I think tremendous. Yeah, it's, it, I even got in my own head. I told you before we recorded, I was trying to like, like watch a bunch of Jordan Sia videos to see if I have a, a really good question to ask. And I was like, dude, I'm like, whoa, call, like, I, I could talk probably for hours about or days, you know, health and fitness stuff. So it's like, just back up, be yourself, you know, try not to like, and that's the thing we're aiming for this like perfect representation of ourselves through other people. Like, um, one of the things that I love that you talk about, man, this is not going any way, by the way, how I normally do these, but this is great. Um, uh, what I love how you talk about is like when people aim, obviously caloric deficit is king, but when people aim for like, they have to be perfect every single, I have to hit this calorie every single day and it creates that anxiety and this perfection. And then the moment they fuck up, they're like, Oh, I just can't do it. I'm just not whatever. And they fall off the wagon as opposed to like, I like to call it, WTF, like when things fail, have a WTF plan. Yeah. And, and like, it's gonna, you're going to fuck up. That's fine. Just keep going forward because the overall consistency is where you're going to, you know, to get the result. That's exactly right. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's, uh, yeah. Anyways, how did you get, so I think we kind of already kind of going this way, but my main question was usually how did you get to where you are today in like a truncated cherry picked version? Jordan Sia, as a kid, started reading Harry Potter in first grade. How did you, like, how did, how about this? How did you choose, how did you know you're going to go into, uh, 
is it kinesthesi kinesthesiology? Is that what you got your degree in in college? Or so, so actually, so I'll, I'll give you the the rundown. I start, I started wrestling when I was eight. Yeah. And then uh, and I I was obsessed with it. Wrestling was all I cared about. All I thought about it was everything. And um, I made varsity as a freshman. I beat out a junior for the varsity spot, but I had to cut a lot of weight. So I had to cut from one twelve to one hundred three every week. And um, basically, I was good as a wrestler from a from an athletic perspective, from a technique perspective, from an endurance perspective, but a 13 year old kid going up against 17, 18 year old kids, I didn't have the strength. Mm -hmm. So I ended up applying to a gym nearby. And I was like, I just want to learn how to, how to get stronger, how to train, how to eat well, to lose weight and gain strength at the same time. Uh, and I was like, I'll clean the floors. I'll take the trash out. Just let me intern here for free so I can learn. And, um, and I did that and it, that ended up being something that I did for my entire high school. I interned at that gym and it mm -hmm. was like, I got my first coaching job when I was 14 there. They, they got my first, first client. It was a 68 year old guy named Fred and uh, awesome. he, had, he had shoulder issues and uh, he just wanted to be able to pick his grandkid up without hurting his shoulder. And so that was my introduction into the fitness industry. And I was very fortunate to have a, a couple of incredible coaches, Stacy Shadler and Kevin McCarthy, take me under their wing and really introduce me into the world of the science-based strength and conditioning. And then, so I did that all through high school. When I went to college, I actually started it with an exercise science degree, but I realized very early on that number, not only was it all outdated and that the professors had never actually coached anybody. They just got their own exercise science degree. Then they became a professor and they were teaching the same stuff from a textbook that was written in 1902. It was mm -hmm. like, it made no sense. I was like, so I ended up switching to behavioral health psychology because through for the four years before that, I realized you could have the best workout program. You could have the best nutrition program, but if someone's not following it, they're not going to see any results. And the reality is just like people know cigarettes are going to kill them, but they still smoke. People know generally what the healthier choices are. People know they should be working out. People know they should be eating more right. vegetables, but they're not doing it why are they not doing it? And that's what I ended up getting my degree in. Holy crap. I did not know that. And sorry to interrupt, but that, that is, that is a huge interest of mine. It's like people know what to do, but don't do what they know. And I'm, I'm a huge follower or just kind of a you know, consumer of Tony Robbins and Gary Vee stuff too. But like just the idea of, of why aren't people doing the shit that they know, they know things are bad. So it's like, it's meeting some need. And a lot of times when I'm, maybe you find this too, when you're working with clients, it's often not the strategy that we show them. It's, it's a little bit, it's effective, but at the same time, it's like, let's figure out the leverage part, right? Leverage of like, how can we make you consistent? Not, so not necessarily what do I need to show you to do, what to do. Yeah, I think, I mean, the reality is everybody generally knows what they should be doing and mm -hmm. it's oftentimes what they want to be doing. The way I explain it is if you take, take a, an apple and a donut, and you go to you go to ten people on the on the street, just randomly ten people, and uh, you ask all ten of them which one is healthier, the apple or the donut. Every single person is going to choose the apple. Right. Obviously, you go to all ten of those people and you say, "Hey, do you just want a snack? You can choose whichever one you want." They're not all going to choose the apple, even though they know what the healthier choice is. And a lot of them, even after they choose the donut, will feel guilty about it later. Right. They'll feel guilty as they're eating it, but they'll still choose it. So literally they will choose something that will not make them feel good or happy or proud, but they'll still choose it, which is why we have to figure out why are people making these decisions and what can we change? 
what can we have them do? Not only changing just like systematically, not just methodology, not the methodology, right. but brain-wise. What can we have exactly. emotional-wise that's going to help them make the better choice? Yeah, and so it's so wild when I'm, if I'm working with people, I'll ask like these really in-depth questions. They're like, why is that even related? <laughs> like if I find a spot, I kind of just figure out where that's going to go. And I'm not a therapist by any means, but I'm just curious like to bring things up to them, you know, that I, that I see from an outsider's perspective. Just try to figure out, okay, what's going what's gonna to keep this person going? Uh, what's going to keep, because uh, I'm, I'm all about like the longevity of health being with my mom's situation. Like how can I, how can I keep people alive and happy? And a lot of times the, the, and I find like the, when people ease up on their own self, like the self-critic, about how complicated losing weight or you know exercising is you almost because you're not aiming for perfection you become grateful like you become happy happy with progress and that's why i started this podcast like you become like oh hey i did make progress in this fucking area i my pants are fitting this way or i am losing a little bit more weight i do feel better i'm sleeping but so whatever that progress is met is how you're measuring it right yeah absolutely i agree and then, and then they're, there's off and then, and that's, and they're fine. Like they, I almost feel like what we do when you work with clients makes them more or less, not a hundred percent, but almost future proof. Like once you understand how simple it is, no fad diet is going to come in and be like, it's going to fuck your mind up because you, now, you know, already. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. Like, I think one of the main things that I try and do with my content, with my clients and everything is I try and. I try and help them become critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, I think one of, my, one of my favorite quotes of all time, and I don't know who originally said it, so I can't give the credit where it's due, but it was not me. Someone smarter than me said, the best teachers don't, show you, don't tell you what to see. They just show you where to look. God, I love that quote. Right? It's, like, it's not just telling people, like, do this, do that. It's helping them become better thinkers, better analyzers, so that you can give them the best tools so that they can choose what to make with those tools. Right. You don't tell them what to actually make, but they can choose. And then that way, when another tool shows up that doesn't make sense, they can throw it out. When that tool shows up, that's like, clearly it doesn't fit within that toolbox. They, they don't use it. It doesn't confuse them. It doesn't entice them to use it, even though that tool might actually end up being like the, the piece that makes the whole Jenga thing fall, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's using the tools that they need and that's it. You just give them that toolbox and nothing else is it within that toolbox, but they can make whatever they want from that toolbox. Absolutely. And a lot of like, um, like goal setting slash action, you know, action planning, like you'll have the, the goal you want in the middle. You have the leverage on the right side, like all the reasons you, that you'll, what you'll feel when you get there. Then the left side, you kind of, I have people write as many actions as possible and you just figure out which ones work for you. And like, I love, um, I was watching one of your videos and you were talking about how if this doesn't work, okay, you're going to add, you know, try this for three months and your add calories going up, add calories going down. And the idea is like, I always tell people place, you have to be willing to play scientist with your own body because no cookie cutter. If, um, I say, I don't really, I'm not a fan of cookie cutter systems. Um, you have to figure out, you take that as like a starting line, then you have to play with it and figure out where it meets your needs and your and your goals right yeah absolutely yeah and people just think that they're just they're just uh that they're that they're holy that they're biblical you know the like you have to follow this all the time and it makes them and the other problem too is that people are conditioned to think 
that the strategy is the problem as opposed to their consistency when they're cons and that actually makes them the problem. So it's more of them in the hot seat. Yep. Yeah. So in what, in what areas I'm curious, um, recently have you, were you trying to aim for perfection in some way and change to seeking progress? <clears throat> um, I would say, I mean, definitely, I mean, my podcast for sure, I would say my podcast, I'd say my YouTube channel. Um, I would say, I'd say outside of, of my own business, I would say jujitsu. Mm -hmm. um, jujitsu is a, it's been a very interesting path thus far in terms of, I, I wrestled my whole life and I took essentially the better part of a decade away from uh, grappling and mixed martial arts. Uh, and then I just started getting back into it this past summer, which was amazing and very nostalgic. No way. That's the, my story. Exactly. Continue, please. <laughs> and, um, and so I got back into it this summer and starting off, I was super excited, but I was only going literally like maybe once every two weeks, uh -huh. just like not finding the time and not fully committing. And then I started going, I was like, okay, cool. So I got to go at least once a week. Then I would go once a week. And then, and then actually what happened was I was going about once a week and then I did my whole Big Mac challenge. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. that took over my life completely. And, and I, I didn't go to jujitsu for essentially the better part of a month. And then after that, I was like, enough is enough. I have to commit. So I committed to at least two times a week. Yeah. And since then, I've been going at least three times a week, every single week, if not four. And uh, I've just seen a massive improvement, but also not only improvement in my jujitsu, but there's been improvements in all aspects of my life from that more order, more having more, uh, more of a schedule. That's one of the hard things about owning your own business is it's very easy to not necessarily have a schedule. Um, Absolutely. People think like, oh, it's so, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. And you're like, yeah, but that's also, that can flip very <laughs> It's very fast. so chaotic and it can be very stressful. And I think uh, one of the best things I've done in the last, I don't know, a month or two with, with my videographer, Rico, my assistant, is making a schedule. Every day we have a schedule. We know what mm -hmm. day we're filming. We know like, what day, when we're doing podcasts. We know everything. Uh, and there's still room to improve. But I think uh, I, I was trying to be perfect with a lot of it. And there, when I sort of just calmed down, I made a schedule and – we sort of roll with the punches. If we can't be perfect, it's fine. But we're very, very consistent. <clears throat> that's that's awesome, and it's it's so it's so ironic that that uh, that your story mirrors mine a bit. I was in, you know in, in in middle school, I was in, in martial arts, and that was my life, like all the time. You know, five p.m. to ten p.m. every day, martial arts, and then I started going out to a place I hear my daughter's going. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll start going too. Um, and I get, I get real obsessed about things when I start them. Yeah. Uh, and I also like, I envision my, I had to perform at the highest level. So I'll, I'll like, uh, put less effort in other things. and I become obsessed with this martial arts thing again. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, I wish I knew this technique or that technique like 15 years ago. <laughs> uh, that would have been great. Cause there's like, obviously people that stay in the, in the business, they keep growing, um, and learning and it's evolving. And then I realized like, I had this false sense of confidence too. <laughs> like, Hey, I was actually really good back then. Uh, <laughs> and I start, I'm like, wow, I lost real fast. And so we just, we've been doing jujitsu like for the last couple of weeks now. Um, and I'm just getting my, my uh, ass reamed, but uh, it's been, it's been fun. And I don't want to get, that's the, that's the flip side. And maybe you can relate. I, 
I like the mix of martial arts and the jujitsu, but I don't want to get hurt because my body's my other is where my money's at basically in terms of my job. <laughs> so like, I don't want to get like a major injury and like can't do something. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I don't know where you go. I think, and I've actually been to a bunch of jujitsu places uh, throughout the years, just like going in and out the place I'm at now. Hento Gracie is by far the best I've been to, but mm-hmm. um, what I found is like, if you're going to compete, you're obviously putting yourself at a big risk of injury. Um, in terms of just doing practice and like rolling and in the classes, far lower risk of injury, unless you're rolling with an asshole who's just like really trying to take it too hard. There's there's a couple, (laughs) but, but yeah, I love love the school and I'm really big on, uh, I was watching the, the, one of the Joe Rogan podcasts about flow training, state of flow with, you know, the Russian volume training versus American intensity. So I love that, um, that aspect. And, uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to kind of share, I haven't actually had a chance to talk about my podcast because I don't like to uh, make it not organic, but you mentioned that your first client was Fred who tried to, had a shoulder issue to, to carry his, he wanted to hold his grandkid, right? That's his whole, his whole goal, right? Yep. Uh, did, he, did he hit the goal? Yeah. I mean, he was able to hang out with his grandson and lift him up and we were, he was able to do it without, without injury, at least while I was with him. I think uh, he had, had torn both of his rotator cuffs. Um, Mm. So basically like a lot of it was just based around, it was very interesting. A lot of coaching him was based around, yes, strengthening his rotator cuff and strengthening his shoulders and everything. But a lot of it was also based around teaching him how to move. So it was a lot of like, a lot of people talk about functional training. I think functional training depends on whatever your goal is, but I mean, teaching him how to actually pick up his kid properly in a way that would keep his shoulders in a safe position and also keep his back in a safe position. Like literally picking up a kettlebell and teaching him how to pick it up in a way that was okay and doing that for repetitions and then like doing that in a way. So even when he wasn't expecting it, maybe if he was a little bit tired from another set, okay, show me how to pick up the kettlebell. Like doing it in all these situations so it becomes just a habit and a natural movement pattern rather than something yeah. has to really focus on. And, um, and that was really the vast majority of coaching him because there's only so strong you can get someone, especially when they've already had two torn rotator cuffs. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, now you really just have to focus on patterning the right movement. You know, it's amazing that it kind of sounds almost like it was it – because was, you're only with him, like, say, what, 30 to 60 minutes tops a day. Meanwhile, he's living his life the other 23 hours, right? So it's like you're trying to re- reprogram his 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 everyday life choices, right? Exactly. With, with that, um, to make sure, like, 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 we can only do so much with someone one on one, but then we have to make sure that we obviously teach them how to fish, be like, to make them fucking awesome at life. Like, look, you need to <laughs> go this way with yourself. Um, and I, I had uh, a similar thing. I don't really, we don't really, I don't really know exactly what even happened, Jordan. But like when I, it was a couple of years ago, I had well, all of a sudden random, like boom, back pain, but it was like fiery back pain out of, uh, and it wasn't like an injury, but I, I thought it was back stuff. It got so bad where I couldn't, my son was like just born. I couldn't hold him. I couldn't hold 10 pounds. I couldn't uh, do any position where I had my hands out like this. And I noticed like a lot of times initially my, I mean, not to knock doctors, but the ones I had was like, just don't, you know, this is just how it is now. This is what your life is like. I'm like, I don't accept that. Um, and I just focus on what I could do, not what I couldn't do. 
So then if I go from a guy from like, I was lifting weights all the time, doing exercises, trying to feel badass, jumping over fire at like fucking obstacle course races and like, yeah, you know, uh, to like, all right, I guess I'm doing yoga forever. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the only thing I could do because I wasn't lifting anything. And I thought like, I went weird. I went like acupuncture and, and cupping and, 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 and anything you could possibly Google, I did it. Um, and eventually I started to regain my strength and the doctor was like, wow, that's actually really cool. <laughs> and so the idea is like, I know that guy, Fred was motivated by his grandkid. I was motivated by like being able to be that, um, the showing up to be the dad I want to be. Right. And so that was a huge leverage for me that allowed me to be more consistent than ever. And it's kind of interesting with like perceptions and judgments in society. We have, I've had people say back before I had kids, Oh, you're lucky. You will have kids. You have all the time in the world to be fit. And then, and then I had kids and then maybe not, maybe not the same people, but then they're like, well, now you have motivation. I'm like, come on. Like <laughs> I just did it consistently. That's the only thing. Right. You um, can't ever win. There's always going to be people saying why cool. you got the advantage. <laughs> uh, so what do you, I, what do you got going on right now that you want to promote? I know you have the inner circle, which is amazing. You have private coaching. Um, I also will put your, uh, not that you need it, but I will put your information for, uh, Instagram and your, and your, uh, your website in the links to show notes. Yeah, honestly, like I, I have nothing to promote. I would just say if anybody doesn't know who I am, I would see my Instagram or my YouTube. And if you like my content, enjoy my content, then feel free to reach out, but don't buy anything from me until you actually enjoy my content. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much uh jordan for uh being on the podcast i really appreciate it uh i'm very grateful for this opportunity to be chatting with you awesome man thank you for having me i appreciate it thanks